Justin. Hey. How's it going? Thanks for having me on this. What's going on? Uh, well, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that you are trying to promote your book, Twin Flames. So I was like, well, let's have you on here and we can talk about it. I'd um, love to. So I'm just going to do like a quick intro and then we can get uh, talking about you and your book and anything else you want to talk about. Save art space too. I, you know, I had no idea that you were a co-founder until I started stalking you online. And I was like, really? holy crap. <laughs> it's so impressive. Like, I'm so impressed by you being a co-founder because it's huge. It's all over the place. Yeah, we've been doing that since 2015, and I and I make art on the on my own time. So I'm like balancing the nonprofit social world and personal internal world and external internal balance with art. Well, and that's definitely something I want to talk like talk about when we get into the podcast. You got all the, you got my time for the next however long you want to talk. Okay, <laughs> usually we go for what 40 minutes, Samuel. Yeah, we go for about 40. Well, we start to like wrap it up around 40, but most time Katie talks so much that we hit an hour. Samuel, can you introduce yourself to me? Because I only know Catherine. So I'm actually Katie's brother. Okay. So um, that's basically all my critiques in art. So she, she always wanted someone that um, wasn't an artist that could maybe ask like non-artist questions. I love that. Um, so she's had a couple different people, but the only person that she could force to be a part of every podcast is her brother. So here I am. <laughs> I also realized that I'm not funny. I'm not a funny person. So I need a co-host. That your brings... uncles are funny. <laughs> I love your uncle's photo because it represents fun and funniness and humor and comedy. And that to me is what your uncle's image represents to me. Mm, that's good. That's, well, I was looking on your Instagram for Twin Flames and saw the photo that you used of them. And I was like, they're such hands. Like all your other photos of twins are very like- That's what I love about that picture. It's so like, it's so honest and real. It's not. It's not anything but the emotion and and the the, the what's going on. And I, and I love that. I used to was like insecure about that photo, but over time, I've actually started liking it more and more because it's so different and funny. And I and I learned to embrace the funniness of it mm -hmm. instead of the because I'm so like, oh, it's gotta be perfect. It's gotta be beautiful. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something that it's not versus that's what they are and that's what it is. And I think that was a lesson for me to appreciate the reality and also accept things that, you know, literally I was burnt out that day because I drove from LA, it was a three hour drive. There was a lot of traffic. I did two shoots earlier that day. So the light was leaving. There were so many things. I was like, I gotta make a picture. And, and the moment really brought itself out and, and I think the expressions and the emotions is what really that is about and the relationship between them is just funny mm -hmm. and I think it's a funny photo and I, and I love and I love that about it I haven't even seen the photo what does oh, it look like hold on 
Let me do the intro. Okay. <laughs> I'll find the photo while we're introing. Okay. Welcome everyone to the Miss Art World podcast. Super excited to have everyone here today. Uh, I have my special co-host Samuel Cooksey with us with Samuel Cooksey Project. Welcome. How are you guys? And then we have today as our artist guest, Justin Avisano. Am I saying Avrasano. 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 <laughs> so that's the photo. Okay, yeah. Do you see dad's face? Yes, I see dad's face. Which one's dad? No wonder why at first you were like, um. <laughs> dad's the uh, one standing. Yes, I got the. the I was telling I recognize my dad. So for everyone, because this is mainly something you listen to in the car, um, he's done a twin book, and my dad and uncle are twins. So he took a picture of our, uh, you know, dad and uncle, and he was showing us the picture that he took because I haven't seen it. So yeah, and, uh, twin flames. Tell us about your project and your book. Twin Flames. Well, I started in 2017, um, May 31st, 2017 in Central Park was the first photograph. And the last photograph was in London, in Birmingham, July 18th, 2018. So it took about a year to travel and photograph and do the series. And then it took about another year, um, May 31st, 2019, um, I, I aligned it perfectly two year anniversary of starting the project because of twins. And, you know, I, I had an exhibition at Super Chief Gallery in New York. Um, we had a big installation. I made darkroom C prints, one of ones, 16 by 20s of every single picture. Um, it's a one of one, but I made an AP. All the twins get an artist proof as a gift for being in the project, as well as a book, because I didn't want to just have a project and show it and have them have nothing. And I don't, I don't like working like that. And I like giving back to my subjects uh, because they're part of a community because they're part of something bigger than just the photograph itself. They're part of a, a history at this point, you know, I'm creating a historical document of twins around the world and through my art. And that's how I'm honoring them. And that's how I see this project really springing to the world is just honoring twins and taking them out of the light that Dean Arbus really put them in, in in the history context of photography of freaks and weirdos. I'm really trying to make them more like heroes and mythological beings because that's important to me to change the paradigm of how people perceive twins because they're really representative of luck, fortuitous um, abundance, and you know they're not freaks; they're people. You're right, and so that needs to stop. And that's why I did this project. Also to honor my twin who I who I lost in the womb of my mom when we were being born. So I have this prenatal connection to death and death inspires all my art projects. If you really look at them and I really talk about them. So this project of life came from my experience of death and it's an honor. This book is an honor of my fraternal twin. So really it's just, an, it's just a project that allows me to heal from my wounds of trauma being of my prenatal connection, you know, going through life um, with this hole in my heart, not where, not knowing really where it came from, but doing this project and following the spiritual journey of art and um, community building through, through the lens of photography really enabled me to heal 
and build community and feel like I could close this this book of my in my heart that that has been pulling at me my whole life right so it, it there, it's this love that has filled my hole in my heart from loss which is why I created this project and I only rediscovered that feeling in a shamanic experience while I was in Peru photographing shaman twins and going in a plant medicine ceremony and really rediscovering what this project represents because it was so un unconscious starting it I was just like let's do a project on twins knowing I was a twin and re and re re-entertaining that idea of there's that there's something bigger here that's going on that I haven't tapped into yet but I will as this project progresses and that's really why I started to you know I look at this book and I and I'm, I'm grateful I could create something like this and bring it into the world because it's I'm sharing my journey I'm sharing my love and shining into the world through my eyes and and how I see people and to me that's that's the most important thing about photography and making art through photography is um showing the light that you see hmm. um so what's a seed print for people to print, color c41 color darkroom print you're in the darkroom and you're making color prints okay in the dark and you expose the paper with the negative there's not many dark color darkrooms left in the world so you know this is a, a great time to actually make a darkroom print make a, a rare sacred object versus a digital see a, a digital geekly print you know I, I really look at photography like alchemy and magic and I don't want to take any of the magic away from the process um and I use a four by five and a six by six a twins lens reflex camera it has two lenses so I shot the twin project with a twin lens camera did you do that on purpose or is that yeah. something that came to you after you started no 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 no. I, I knew I was going to use it this is the camera I've been using since I, I was in college I love this this is what Diane Arbus used this is what Vivian Meyer uses this is what all the greats use because it's such a beautiful hefty camera that creates great images and when, if you know me as an artist you'll understand my thinking and I like to play with ideas and bring them into reality like obviously I'm gonna shoot with a twin lens reflex camera for a twin series project and I always like to play with those ideas and concepts like if you look at my birthday project um, where I photograph someone every day of the year with a Polaroid. I use the Polaroid as a snapshot aesthetic because it's playful. It's what you would normally see at someone's birthday. And then it, on top of that, I played with the ideas of what does a birthday represent? What things do you do on birthdays? Birthday sex, birthday suit, death, a real birth, um, twins. I have a lot of twins in the birthday project. So there's this whole dialogue going on with all my projects and they all intertwine because I've actually included twins from the birthday project into the twin project because I already had them and I and just like Stanley Kubrick I like to create this whole interwoven web of projects that hint towards one another as secret code and riddles of like an homage to that project through this project and if you look at my new project smoke and mirrors I've included some twins in that because I like to continue that, that, you know, that path with my subjects and also, you know, have those little hints of, of tip of the hat to the project in the other project. I think it's fun. And I think it's, you know, Quentin Tarantino does it. And I, and I think you got to think about your ouvoir as an artist of how you put things out in the world and how they interconnect. And it's like different stories, but they're told in, in ways where they all connect. And I think 
for me, that's the most important thing of making each series make sense to one another and reflect off each other. And like I said earlier, all these projects are, are based on death and turning it into beauty and love because I was born in death. So I'm gonna live my life um, honoring that and showcasing how that, what that means to me and how I can heal and continue healing as more death occurs in life and whatnot. So that's just my foundational inspirational well of, of creativity. Mm -hmm. was when your twin died did he um she was a fraternal twin uh did he die when um you were born at the same time or was it, it was more miscarriage, like a month earlier okay i basically absorbed the soul of my twin do you ever feel like you have two different parts of you yes the divine feminine and the divine masculine there's a spirit with me protecting me a guardian at all times like I feel it and I've recently tapped into it more by accepting it and acknowledging it and welcoming it versus being afraid and also, you know, finally understanding what it is, right? So I think the spiritual journey is just as important as the artistic journey because the, for me, it is the same thing. When did you know that you had a twin that passed away? Did you always know? Was your mom always very honest? I I, she, I'm glad you asked that, you know, she was, my family sheltered me from it. And even when my mom had cancer before she died, they were trying to shelter me from that too. So there was this, there was this theme in my family, like, let's protect Justin. He, he doesn't need to know about any of this. But there was a moment when I was a kid and we were moving from our house in Elmont to our house in, in Suffolk County in, in Holbrook, where she quickly turned around, looked at me and said, you know, you were supposed to have a sister, a twin. And I was holding a Batman figure and I was looking at it. I was like, wait, what did you just say? And she never said anything about it ever again. But I knew deep down inside, I had that missing part to me. I couldn't put my thumb on what that was. And it's really phantom twin syndrome, you know? And, I, and I, that memory comes so clear now and I'm tapping into it during my spiritual meditations and practices. Like that memory really stuck to me because I didn't understand what that meant. But I feel like that was her moment of guilt and her moment alone with me because I, I actually have an older sister and my dad but I think that was the only time I was with her alone where she looked back and said that to me and said you know you were supposed to have a twin and then never said it ever again I'm just like what and then I've recently I've worked with psychics and people they're like they're your twin is coming through and they even said my twin's name is Alessia and funny enough in my family my cousin just had a baby and they named it Alessia. So I feel like my twin spirit is coming back into the family, but in a in different part of my family through my cousin. Mm -hmm. So it's just like all this shit's going on. That's, uh, that it's actually really crazy. Um, it, do you think, did they know that was supposed to be your name or? That's what the, that's what the spirit told me. That's okay. what the told me. But like, how did your, just there's so many names. How did uh, your, it's the name that literally my intuition is spoken to me. I cannot make this up. It literally, yeah. it literally was just like that's that would that would have been the name. Hmm. It the twin spirit told me their name. Mm -hmm. I didn't make this shit up. It's like, okay, I don't know why this is the name that comes up, but that's the one. And your uh cousin didn't know this when she was naming her new baby right i don't think so yeah that's the, that's the 
uh, most interesting part to me because that that's something that you had just by yourself. And then here's- And when I heard that, there was a shining light in my body that was just like, like a beam of light hit me like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And my sister, Marissa even was like, yo, did you know that they named their daughter Alessia? I'm like, no. So it's just like really weird, but it also, it's really cool. Yeah, it's those moments in life that you couldn't write, like this so real life like because it's something that you would have never predicted. Yeah, you can't even make this shit up because it's just it comes to you like as a message from the divine the divine light like of the universe, the collective unconscious speaks to you and you gotta listen. You know, you could hear in a bird chirping or the wind moving, but you get messages when you're in nature or wherever you're at. And you just can't ignore those messages because they're coming from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like I'm where I'm, I'm not just this shit's not just being made up. So you do a lot of you know, uh, you do deep dives into why you do something. So why is it called Twin Flames? Obviously because they're twins, but why flames? You know, there's so many astrological and spiritual connotations to what a twin flame is. A lot of people say. Um, let me actually read something because someone asked me this the other day and I had like the best friggin' um, response to this. I want to reread what I wrote. The way I perceive, study, and interpret the idea of twin flames is not actually about lovers, but more so a divine connection and reflection that, ha- that one has with themselves or another. It's more of a path of learning and growing than you would see on Twitter and Instagram about what Twin Flames is and the memes and whatnot. To me, it's more special and unique, a relationship where each person learns and grows. Yes, there is love invoked. Some would say romance, but I would say it's intimacy that burns. That's why your Twin Flame can be your lover, your friend, your brother, or your sister. I lost my twin at birth, so this project is an honor for them. The Twin Flame that burnt out before she was born, as she is still with me spiritually, guiding me into the light of love. I like that. That's that's why I named it that. <laughs> Is that in the book? Because Katie said you had the pictures and then you also had uh, poetry that went along with it. So no, that's just me riffing, talking to someone about, that was just having just me riffing, but really developing that language and idea. You know, you, you develop it as people ask important questions like this. So I'm glad you are asking it. I could re- reiterate it and, and have it as my artist statement. But in the book, I really collaborated with the, with this whole entire thing. I asked twins to write poems. Some twins asked me, just sent me poems, and like, can you include this in your book? Every ten twins, there's a chapter, and the chapters, and I'll read you the first poem. And it's ironic that it's the first poem in my book, and this is actually the twin I fell in love with, and I'm living with right now. Her name is Nicole. And, I, I, and by doing what you love, you find the love of your life. And I literally found, found her and I'll show you the picture. But first, let me read you her poem. Twin told the truth of the universe, which is all that we see in each other is exactly who we are. And all that we don't see in each other is exactly who we weren't. Nicole Buffett. And so this book, it says in loving memory, I don't know if you can see that, in loving memory of Alessia Aversano, my fraternal twin who died in utero 1992. So I had a forward by Ivory and Shelter Sarah. 
So they, they did the forward for my book. I asked them, I used to skateboard with them all the time and I got to know them. So they're really cool dudes and they're really amazing artists. And I'm really grateful that they wanted to be a part of the um, introduction. And, and, I, and would you like me to read it? Yes, please. Time? You want me? Okay. When asked to write about being a twin, it is always somewhat of an inside joke amongst twins because we see the world as twins. So in a way, I don't know what it is like not having a twin. My brother and I share many of the same formative experiences. We had a light bulb above our crib and I vaguely remember my mom saying, I'm going to turn off the light. Our first word was light. Life is a journey of discovery, who you are, where one is from and how you relate to others. The relationships between things differ or relate through comparison. Being a twin solves some of these life queries. I know what I sound like. I know what I look like. I have seen myself in the form of my twin. Only twins know this reality. The bond of being a twin is unbreakable. We know nothing else. To be in a book with other twins is such an honor. In the colorful, I'm gonna cry. In the colorful spectrum of life, so many variations of people exist to share a fundamental, fundamental part of one's existence with another, with whose mirror oneself is truly amazing. Sorry, this this project's really it hits really deep in my heart. So, I apologize if I cry a bit. Beyond the, beyond the racism, classism, and all of the judgmental aspects of human nature, twins exist to remind people that individuality is a precious thing. <laughs> Sorry. And I am reminded of that every moment by my twin. A photographic collection of twins is not a new concept, but every moment in time is unique. Justin has captured a certain time, a shared moment, something very familiar for twins to share with the viewer. I've never really read this out loud like this, but it's really like it's really affecting me emotionally. <laughs> this glimpse, this <laughs> sorry, Take sorry, your time. <laughs> sorry, it's really affecting me. It really, it feels good in a, in a positive way, in a healing way. Mm -hmm. And thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable in your podcast. Of course. This glimpse, this durée, encourages hope for the future, celebrating the diversity of humankind and the spectrum in which we live today. This duality of people spanning the globe now brought together gives people the opportunity to imagine what a different light might be. Is there another person in the world like you? How much does one's environment shape the individual you are? Philosophical quandaries arise. The curiosity of nature that in today's climate of bioengineering and artificial intelligence reminds us of the mysteries of nature's seemingly designed evolution. So that's the introduction. For one of my photos, uh, I went to a twin mom meetup in San Francisco. I mean, these are all twins, moms with their babies. Oh, wow. There are more than... There are more than 238,144,000 twins in the world. Here are, a, here are 100 set of twins in the chronological order of which they were photographed. How did you get in contact with twins? Did you uh, just kind of scour the internet or if you ran into some of those a twin, you asked them to take a picture? So I'm really good at being socializing and reaching out to people. That's what I like is one of my superpowers. And I can reach anyone in the world if I try it hard enough and I have. 
whether they want to respond to me or not, I could still reach them. <clears throat> um, the project started out and let's go back to 2017 at a, at a group show I curated at one of my galleries in New York City um, called the Storefront Project. And these twins showed up and it was for my show Equipoise. It was all Polaroid exhibition because I was doing a lot of Polaroid work at the time. And I had a Polaroid art show in, in Orchard Street in New York City in February 14th, 2017. It was on Valentine's Day. And, or it might've been 2018. No, it was, no, it was 2017. Cause yeah, cause then I started Twin Flames later that year. So these art world twins, Allie and Jilly Glatt are always around and they came to the show and I took their Polaroid. And when I looked at the Polaroid, I looked at them and I was like, it hit me instantly. And, it, and I'll tell you how, it, how the birthday project hit me instantly too. Um, Cause it kind of correlates. Um, I looked at the Polaroid and I'm like, I'm doing a twin project and I didn't question it. I took the next few months strategizing and what I was going to do. I bought a four by five camera. I, I had my twin flame, twin lens camera. So I'm like, I'm going to do both Polaroid twin lens and four by five. Cause I like playing in all these mediums and sometimes your camera fucks up or the film doesn't get developed. Right. So you need something external. And that's what actually happened with, your your dad and your uncle like the film got fucked up and only like three pictures came out good and that's why i had to choose that one because i'm not going to redo the shoot i'm going to i'm I, i'm confident and, and i stand by my work even if, you know what and I'll, and I'll say this it's probably the worst photo in the fucking series <laughs> but that's what i love about it because it's the worst aesthetically <laughs> Not about, not because of them, because it's aesthetically the worst. I I own it and I respect it and I look at it like that's a lesson right there. And you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have overextended myself to shoot three twins in one day and drive and be basically my I had a huge migraine when I was the whole time. And and not only that, the person at the film lab fucked up the film, so I literally only had a few pictures to choose from. Mm -hmm. So that whole, no matter what I did, even if it was a perfect shoot, it would it would have been still fucked up because the, because someone at the film lab didn't do, and I think you saw these pictures, like they were all grainy and colorful. I was trying to fix them. Like someone at the film lab fucked them up and I only had the four by fives to choose from. So I was like, you know what? I'm sticking with this. And, that, and a real artist will stand by their work and claim their mistakes. Just like Einstein would say, hey, you know, that was a mistake. And I accept it and let's move on. And that's a lesson. So, you know, not to knock your uncles because that picture to me is the most valuable lesson of the series. It, it teaches me to not doubt myself, but actually to embrace the mistakes and, and thrive on it and, and lean on it as, as, a, as something to, to be inspired by and not be, be insecure of. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I could happily say that's the worst picture in the series. <laughs> No, that's a, a super important thing to be able to do as an artist that I don't know if all artists can embrace that and we should like what you're saying right now is hitting me in a great way because I'm like I don't know if I do that and I should do that it's I don't know thank it's you the only way you could grow and it took me a long time it took me to the point where I had to exhibit it 
to be like, that's it. Like, there's nothing I can do. I'm not redoing it. It's part of the thing. It's part of the journey. And it's not about the individual pictures. It's about the whole collective, the experience, the journey. That's why I did it in chronological order. I keep it very like, like you could see the best, the worst, my good days, my bad days, the color temperatures. Like I had, Justin maybe had a bad day that day. Maybe he was burnt out. You know, that's that, but ironically enough, that color, that picture has the most interesting color. And you know, what's funny, the digital image looks worse than the actual color seat print. The seat print looks the best. Mm-hmm. When I saw the seat print, I was like, yo, it was the worst digital picture I put on my website, but the way it came out in the seat print is actually the, the color tonalities came out very rich and, and the white balance was perfect. It was really yellowy on the digital side. I couldn't do anything about it. I tried fixing it, but somehow the color darkened really brought out the colors in a way that really made me like, whoa, I could fuck with this now. Mm. And there was a lot of insecurity and like regret about that picture, but you know what? I'm glad it did. Not every, not every picture can be pretty. Not every day is going to be like, like someone on Clubhouse recently said to me, peaches and rainbows. You know, you got to have your shitty days. You got to have your good days. And I could proudly say that was the worst day. (laughs) Well, and I like that you're allowing us to see that through your work. Cause I, Mm -hmm. uh, I would think like for me that I would try and hide that, which is not being honest through your artwork. And so I love that we are allowed to see that history of the whole work within the different pieces. And I also don't want people to pump me up like, hey, it's a good picture. No, I want you to be like, yo, that picture sucks. Like, what the fuck happened? And I'll be like, I know it sucks. Something terrible happened. The fucking film got developed wrong. It was 10 stops under. The person didn't know what they were doing. They were an intern at the space. You know, I wasn't on, I wasn't on my game. I was burnt out. I had a three hour drive, three hour drive back. You know, I was tired. I didn't eat that day. I did two shoots. The two pictures before that are great. And you could see it like slowly decline. Mm-hmm. And also the light was fading. Like I said, there was, there was a lot of issues that were happening. Mm-hmm. And you were there, right, Catherine? I was, yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw me in, the, in it doing it and the light fading. And I was like stressing out because the light's fading and so you were there, you know, perfectly as, as a primary re- source of like, what the hell was going on behind the scenes? It looked like you had everything under control to me. So <laughs> but, the mo- but they're not also, they're not, they're also not professional models. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was really difficult for me to get them into character, but in a way they were in their character. Yes. Right. So, you know what, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at, it all started that confidence in your in your mistakes actually stemmed from the birthday project and it's october i think 18th or 19th i shot a picture i threw it in my bag it was that and i used the flash i went home i looked at the picture i was like oh no it's too dark you can't see the person in the picture you can only see the flash hitting the the leaf so like i'm the guy the leaf in the foreground right here, the only, the only thing that's bright is the leaf. Mm-hmm. Flash didn't hit the guy. You know, it was it was at night. He was, he's a black man. So he really was really difficult to see. And I looked at this picture, I'm like, I fucked up. The day's about to end. He's not gonna wanna meet up with me again. 
I even bent the Polaroid. I'm like all mad and I might not undo it. I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. This is it. If anyone tries to challenge me, I'll fucking say this is Reggie Dankwa. He was there. I was there. This is my mistake. If you don't believe me, go ask him. He was there. Mm-hmm. You know, and as an artist, I embraced the empty space to be part of the birthday project and not let that doubt kill my confidence and and st- make me stop working. And I was just like, you know, what? I'm going to own. There's always a pro- there's always something in one of each project that I have to own in a way of like, I got to overcome my ego and how perfect I want it to be, how manicured I want it to be. In reality, that was a one shot take project. The birthday project, I literally took one photo and that was it. I don't give a fuck. uh, Tell us a little bit about the birthday project. So this is the, I made, I made this book to, you know, I've been, I've always been seeking publishers for this. I never had any luck. Maybe when I'm more successful, I could actually re-release this. And I did this project as my senior thesis um, in SVA. And it took me from 2012 to 2013. And I did this project in honor of my mother because she always had this, and it's called Every Day is a Gift. I changed the, the title from the birthday project to Every Day is a Gift because I, my mom on the wall had this, you know, live, laugh, love type of shit on the wall. And it said, every day is a gift. And every time I saw her, I would, I would see that. And it really, you know, spending time with her and during her final days of cancer, ovarian cancer, which is why there were three miscarriages during, during my evolution of life. I'm finally understanding it's all connected. The twin, the cancer, the death. So this was the final picture I took of her um, ever. And it's ironic because the first picture I ever took in like 2006 when I bought my first camera was of her. So, you know, she really inspired me and gave me the the inspiration, the support to be an artist. You know, she never tried to talk me out of it. She always just let me do my own thing. And, you know, and, you know she's a really great inspiration to me. And everything I do is for her. Oh, on January 16th. She looks happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, that was great. That was a good. And ironically, a year later from this picture, literally a year later, she passed away. Wow. So she died two days after her birthday, a year later that I took this. And this project was for her because she taught me the value of human life, the value of appreciating every day and having gratitude of being alive because she was dying. She was dying and I watched her literally deteriorate. And, you know, it was really difficult. And I just wanted to do something to honor her and show her I wasn't just a piece of shit, stoner, gangster kid, because I used to do terrible things in high school. I used to get into a lot of trouble, a lot of fights and, you know, by the time that she passed away, I really grew up and I just wanted to show her I'm not a piece of shit. Um, I'm actually going to bring something beautiful to the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she inspired me to really elevate my consciousness and vibration from like, you know, a weed seller, a drug dealer to an artist and really embrace that. And I'm okay with saying that because, you know, if, if you knew me back when I was in high school in those days, you knew that I was the weed guy. And the, de- and the dealer and you know she had other she had other plans for me and her death really enabled me to step into that and 
I just wanted to re reestablish a healthier relationship because I didn't have a healthy relationship with her while she was passing because of the guilt and the shame and the fear. So, th so this project is really for her and to heal our relationship by honoring life and honoring every day. And so, you know, <laughs> and honestly, no one's ever done anything like this before because I went out every day to find someone and photograph them on their birthday, make someone feel special. And I felt special finding someone. So it's like, this belongs in a museum. You know, the, the physical project, like, I don't see why I wouldn't, like, no one else in the world went out every day and found someone. Who else in the world would do that? Like, nobody. I did that in 20, 2012, 2013 for a senior thesis project. So I was able to. Yeah, I had the time. I had the resources. I had the friends. I had the friends of friends. I had the school. I had Facebook. I had a lot of different avenues. You know, I would check Facebook. Whose birthday it is today? I'd email them. Oh, can I meet up with you? Can I meet up? No, oh, no birthday today. I'm going to go out with a sign and I'll show you a picture with the sign. Oh, is that why some of them have signs that say, uh, is it your birthday? Or I, I just passed a couple. So I would, I would go out. People would think I'm like a homeless guy and they give me money. I'm like, yo, I'm not asking for money. Did you read my sign? <laughs> so, you know, I walked around New York. You know, people, by the end of the project, I had it all planned out because I've been doing it for so long and I was texting everyone every day. It got, it got a lot of annoying, a lot of people annoyed, but you know what? You got to annoy people to get shit done. Mm -hmm. So, so by the end of it, 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 the beginning was hard. The first two months were the most difficult, but by, after that, it was all flow because mm. I had people, oh my God, I want you to shoot me for my birthday. You know, if you think about it, 365 days, there's 80,000 people in New York city. Do the math. Let me do the math. I'm glad you're doing the math because I would not know where to start. Yeah, I was like, um, I, so there's 219 people. Wait, is there 8 million people in New York City or 80,000? Well, let's just say 8 million. I think there's like, yeah, 8 million. Divided by 365. So there's 21, there's 22,000 people celebrating their birthday every day. Dang. Approximately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, walking around the city, I'm bound to run into somebody if I, if I, and I, the most time I spent was like two, three hours walking around and I find literally I always found somebody and I always would check their license and see if it was really their birthday. Mm -hmm. Just Did you take like their name and everything down too, just so you could keep in contact or no? At the time, there are, there are at least 50 strangers. I would be honest, like 50 strangers I couldn't reconnect with. Um, and I hope that putting this project out there, they'll reach out to me and, you know, reconnect with me. But most of the people in the project were people from school, people I knew, friends mm -hmm. of friends. So I actually have a huge email list of all the birthdays of all the people. And I consistently have all their contact information. And I also have their model releases. So, and that's, that project led me to be like, dude, you need to know who the fuck's in your project. It's like, get the model release get them google sheet like like i'm an organized artist i have a google sheet of everyone's name email address phone number like in a row like i make sure i have that information because i don't want to miss out on giving someone my book mm -hmm. but i was so like on mushrooms and stone all the time i wasn't thinking like that and now that i've matured into the artist i am today twin flames everything was organized i had my model releases boom smoke and mirrors model releases 
boom, got it. There's no going back now. Well, you definitely learn like as the projects go on, you become better and better at, you know, getting everything together and each project grows. Like, as you said, each project kind of grows upon the next. And it's because of the project you did before is why this project, either the pictures look better or something, but without having done the first one, you're never going to get to the stage that people know you as. Right. Right. And then doing this, there's like at least five twins in here that I reached out to and included them in this project. Yeah, that's awesome. You keep including the same people or whatever, if it makes sense. And it's fun, you know, they get to be part of other things and, and you see them growing up. Is there ever a time within these projects that you're like, holy crap, why did I decide to do this project? Or am I going to be able to complete it? Because they're like, they're, they're, uh, big projects. projects yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I create, that's why I really spend a lot of time thinking and strategizing on, and I spend, this is not an impulsive concept. I literally spend months planning and organizing myself to, to make it, to make it, to make it known that, all right, I'm doing this. I'm setting, I'm committing to this. There's never been a project where I just, you know, I mean, look at Save Art Space. You know, that project, we started out of nothing and it's fruit, grown into uh, like a, a world shifting paradigm of community over consumerism and you know that to me was something we could have let go and not have done but we continued and that one wasn't as organized as my actual um personal stuff because my personal stuff comes from a place inside of me that really wants to be let out and you know you can't you can't um you can't let yourself go when when you're doing these projects you can't you can't um what's the word i'm looking for um you just, I had these plans and I have a vision and I'm, I'm on a non-linear timeline and I could see the end point. I could see the beginning and I, I, I have the vision and, and, I, and I have the motivation. You know, the, you know, I'm planning a next project where I'm going to shoot a thousand people. So that might take me like five years, but that's a different series. I'm currently working on the tarot series called Smoke and Mirrors. And this project is really, you know, connecting with, healers artists writers energy workers you know people of the esoteric mysticism like i photograph people like alex gray neil gaiman hamilton morris um other people of that nature so this is more of like an icon project where i'm photographing people i look up to mm-hmm. and this project allows me to connect with them not just on a fan level but i'm like hey i see what you're doing in the world I want to be part of it. I want to work with you. I want to create with you. And this is my skill. This is my talent. This is my vision. You know, you want to work, you want to create with me or not? You know, I've reached out to David Lynch. I wanted him to be part of this project. I've been speaking to his, you know, um, assistant for three years now. And, you know, I haven't gotten through that door, but maybe one day I will, you know, it's just a matter of persistence and building relationships. And, you know, those are the type of people I plan on having in that series and i actually only have 20 people left for that series so i'm almost done with smoke and mirrors wow and then how do you um do you have a publisher that you uh, do all the books for or like do you just put the books together yourself so the birthday project was like a blurb book just to get the project for myself in the book form to see it yeah. but how i'm actually visualizing it now 
and it could serve everyone just by, instead of being in a book. I saw Polaroid doing a book um, and it was, and it was all like these postcards. So I'm like, holy shit, I should have a book and each Polaroid birthday Polaroid should be a postcard that you can mail to someone whose birthday it is that day. And that's like, I honestly want a publisher. I want to work with Tashin or Powerhouse or somebody, you know, and I want to work and it might take for me to have a better name in the art world, but you know what, that's, I have that plan for this book to make a postcard birthday, like a book, you know, maybe astrology on it and whatnot, or maybe just the picture and on the back is the postal stuff. And I can see that doing very well because everyone has a birthday. Every single person in the world has a birthday and you might even know someone or you might even seek someone out yourself every single day. So I might, this, I might, I might be able to be the prompt for you to have a, a birthday scavenger hunt for, of your own by having this postcard book. So I really want that to come into the world. And I just haven't had the resources or, or the support to do that. Luckily with Twin Flames, my first actual book, my gallerist, and actually one of the twins in the book, John Key, um, I designed the book myself. He actually is a book designer for um, Rizzoli and whatnot and has his own company called Marcos Key. And he worked with me, John Key. He's an amazing painter. I'm shouting him out. You should look him up. He's great. Um, he, I did an interview with him. And every 10 twins, I did an interview. Okay. So that's that's John. He did the. He helped me make this super compact and beautiful and organized. He, he, he did the... He made, he helped me make it after I designed the whole layout and whatnot. He tightened it up and made it neat and really beautiful. He's a great designer. This guy right here. Looks very clean. Very Does he print them too, or do you do it? So he, he connected me to the printer. This is a self-published book. Okay. My gallerist, actually, the storefront project gallerist, Gina Pagano and Ian McKenzie. Ian McKenzie basically sponsored this book. They were their uh, Matt Cut advertising. And they own a side gallery on Orchard Street, 70 Orchard Street. And that's where I've shown a lot in, in, in the LES, thanks to them. And they're really big supporters of me. And they helped me produce this book. They helped me pay for the book as my gallerist. You know, I have to pay them back, but, you know, I'm almost done. Um, but, you know, they, they, they loaned me and, you know, I got to create something beautiful. And this is the first edition. And maybe one day I will partner with Tashin or whoever, Powerhouse, to make a second edition and have like thousands of them to sell at bookstores. So this is, you can't do anything relying on other people to make, to make it happen for you. I literally went into debt creating this because I know this is what I needed to do. I needed to have something, literally make a name for myself. Yeah. To, to show to the world and even give to other galleries and art writers and people as a gift, as a marketing tool to, to be like, yo, this is me. Like, boom, I'm out here. Mm -hmm. So this is my first real book that's out in the world and I'm almost sold out. I only have like 160 copies left. And they can buy it through the website? Justinadversano.com slash shop slash twin flames. Nice. Or you could go to my Instagram and click on the post of the book and you could buy it there. Okay. And yeah. do, you, do you still live in uh, New York or you now live in LA? Let me look for a palm tree real quick. LA. I'm in Ojai, I'm in Ojai now. Oh, Ojai is a great community. I love I was in LA. I was just living in Santa Monica and Topanga, but now we've landed in Ojai. Okay, nice. 
It's a quieter city. Oh, I love this place. It feels good. <laughs> There's no corporations. It's all small businesses. It's all, it's all love. It's all. It feels really good to be here. I finally feel at home somewhere. And I'm not trying hard to be there. I'm not trying to be part of a cool thing. I'm just like, I'm home, I'm here. The land is responding to me. There's no, there's there's zero resistance where I felt in those other places. Mm -hmm. So I love being here. Uh, Let's talk about Save Art Space. Um, If anyone, for the people that are listening, look up this website because it's super impressive. I am a, blown away by what the nonprofit does and your mission, but talk about it before I guess. So um, Travis and I, my business partner who I went to SVA with, we're really good friends. We smoked weed all the time together. Uh, we graduated college together. We were sitting on my, on, our, on my couch in Brooklyn right after we graduated. And we, we walk around and talk and smoke all around the neighborhood and hang out, walk my dog, we just chill, you know, we're friends. And we always notice, like, hey, there's so many billboards around the area. Why, why are they overtaking all these murals? That this is supposed to be Bushwick, the mural community, the mural arts area. Why are there so many Corona ads, um, jeans ads, and vodka ads? What the hell's going on here? Adobe and Google and what the fuck's going on here? Taking over the ads. This is what gentrification is. So we were like, you know what? I saved up twenty thousand dollars from from school, from work. Sorry, I was just looking out the window for a second. Someone's leaving the house. And um, we got lost. Um, we're just walking around and we, I see, we see these billboards and it's just like, yo, we got to do something about this. Let's, 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 let's do something for Bushwick Open Studios. And Bushwick Open Studios is an art festival every year where all the artists have their studio doors open and their galleries are all open. And it's a tightly knit community of, and festival for art and music mostly art there's a lot of street art performers weird weird shit going on really like weird ass shit which is really cool because that's what we need that in life we don't we can't always be tightly buttoned up and you know we need the weird shit to to reflect on and and think about um so that 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 those that's like the bushwick crew and there, there are refined galleries there so it's a mix of everything so we were like you know what let's let's get these billboards let's call up the companies let's see what we can do you know, we started a website, we started an Instagram, we made fake Instagram, we hit up artists and we asked if we could use their art and we made like mock-ups and we shot billboard photos around the city and we, we, we photoshopped their art on the billboards and we posted like open call, you should submit. And the first one was free to submit. So I basically shelled out $20,000 to buy like 12 big billboards. And looking back, you know, I could have got a better rate, but you know, we didn't know that at the time. Now that we are a nonprofit, we have a nonprofit rate, which was helpful. Uh, I had to pay full price, but still we did it. One company actually donated the $10,000 billboards for free because they, they, they was a private company and they really loved what we were doing they, and they were about the art. So they were cool. And one of those billboards actually stayed up for a year. And, and, it's, and it's cool because they, they sold their company to Lamar, which is another billboard company. So they cashed out and um, one of the billboards forgot to get inventoried and, and and there's a building that was being built on top of like where it was showing. So it was like slowly going up and you could slowly see it disappearing until the, the building was built. Now this thing is sandwiched in between the buildings and it's like an artifact that when they 
when they break these buildings down in like 50 to 100 years, they're going to find it. No way. That's crazy. <laughs> and then they lost like $120,000 in revenue by forgetting to push to put to add it in their Google sheet, which is fucking sick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but, you know, so that was our first show. You know, we were hyper allergic. Uh, a sprawling exhibition unto itself is what they 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 quoted us as, which was cool as our first, you know, our first show, our first write-up for Hyperallergic. That's fucking sick. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Meryl Meisler involved. We had local artists involved. We had people born in Bushwick involved. And what Save Arts Space really represents is the people who live and work in the neighborhood. We don't want to bring Berlin, you know, Brazilian artists into a neighborhood where they don't live or work. It was all people who were in that community. Whether you were living there for 10 years or whether you were born there, and also we worked with high school that has an art program as well as a senior residency that has an art program. So we showed artists, we worked with project art too. So we worked with artists from three years old to 93 years old and showed everyone's art. And you know that's our little corner of, of New York that we always consistently show art at is Bushwick on Flushing Avenue. And you'll always see a billboard of ours there because that's we consistently have stuff up there. We have a few up there right now, actually, for a show we're working with with Swoon and Johnny Lee that just went up in our first Tri-City show in New York, LA, and Philly, which was really cool. So Judy Chicago is part of that, and I'm really grateful that that, was, that, that helps a lot and, you know, it brings in bigger names. And we've actually worked with Stephen Shore as a curator, which is cool, you know, oh, nice. people, people who we look up to you know, we're able to connect with. And I like to say that Save Art Space is like the master key to the art world because it's such a dope ass thing. And we get to work with so many dope ass people. Like all I have to do is email them and, and have a call with them. And, and I somehow schmooze my way into having them be our curator, <laughs> you know? So like I said, I can reach anyone in the world. It's just a matter if they want to respond to me or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, we have just about hit our limit for the podcast uh, cool. let's get on with your day but is there anything that you want to leave us uh, like a note on or not necessarily a plug yet but like any closing thoughts that uh let me read one last poem do it he made two so that when one was at loss the other would ring the bell of truth he made two so that when one was feeling blue the other would remind them, look at all that you can do. You are me, I am you. He made us twice so that these two parts that make a whole can share in life the same loving soul. And that was written by Stephanie Cortazzo. And I definitely threw in a picture of me and some twins at the back of the book with my shamanic. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. With my outfit that I like to wear sometimes. That's a great poem. That is a great poem. Yeah, it was a great time. That's that is awesome. The billboards look really cool too. I'm looking at uh, scrolling through a lot of them. So uh, saveartspace.org is where you can go to um, find out more about Save Art Space. If people are looking for you, is your website or Instagram? Where would you send them to? Um, you know. Just, just you know, justinaversano.com or justinaversano at Gmail. I mean, yeah, .com or justinaversano on Twitter or Instagram or Clubhouse now. You know, all these 
I'm re I'm easy to reach. You just say <laughs> if you email me, I'm there. I'm here. You know, I'm 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 here to connect. I'm here to create. That's that's what I like to do. You know, I don't like to reject anyone. I really like to work with everyone and give them the confidence to to work with me. And you know, that's why we're here and we're we're working together now. And I'm and I didn't take it personal that we had to cancel. So it was just wasn't the right time yet. Mm -hmm. The website's great. So I would definitely suggest um, when you're done driving or doing whatever you're doing, when you listen to the podcast, go to the website, thumb through all the, the pictures. You can really see all the pictures from Twin Flames. Um, you can see the pictures that he's posted for uh, Smoke and Mirrors. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and you, you can see the Polaroids that are there, the the bigger picture, like it's a great website. It's really interesting. Just look and thumb through all the pictures. There's a lot of art on there and it's all really focused projects with really important themes and different mediums. I like every, every project is a different medium. And I want people to know that every time I do a new project, it's going to be a different medium, you know, Polaroids, paintings, uh, color prints, darkroom print, black and white. And the next thing is going to be silk screens. And the next thing's gonna be tint types, and the next thing's gonna be super eight film, and the next thing's gonna be sculptures, and the next thing's who knows. I'm not, I have a, I have a whole list of projects I'm I'm doing for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Keep you busy. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Just a reminder, we're on YouTube as well. So if you want to. Uh, take a look at all the pictures that we showed during this podcast, visit Miss uh, Art World uh, YouTube page and follow us on Instagram. And we love you. Thank you again, Justin. And thank you, Samuel, as always for joining me. Thank you both for having me. Yeah, you were great. We loved having you. Mm -hmm.